0: Welcome to another syndicated episode of Saved by the 90s. My name's Adam Patterson. With me today, we've got Ken Bakley. Hey, Ken. How you doing?
1: Hello. I'm... Well, I just watched uh, 10 episodes of this show, so I don't know how I feel. Yeah. uh, We're definitely going
0: to get into it. So, this month, we're going to be talking about Freddy's Nightmares, which was a syndicated TV series that was obviously based on... The Nightmare on Elm Street series, it began airing in 1988, and it ran two seasons, surprisingly, uh, bafflingly. It ran for two seasons all the way up to, to nineteen through 1990, uh, 44 episodes, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Also insane that there were that many episodes. It's hard to believe we only watched... Less than twenty five percent of the show. Well, I so what we're gonna do is we're gonna, you know,
0: being saved by the nineties. We're gonna talk about the episodes that aired in the nineties, specifically season two episodes thirteen through twenty two. Right? Am I right on that? Yep. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna be covering the last half of the last
1: season of this. If, if- it would be funny if we actually ended up watching completely different episodes by accident. And well, I mean, it would. How long it took us to figure that out would be something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, the the funny thing is, I mean, th- there have been shows and things that we've covered on here where like the episode order is different depending on where you look and stuff like that. So it it's not completely out of the realm of possibility. I mean, we didn't
1: really compare notes on what episodes we watched, either, so... I think if we just, you know, as with all great uh, content, this is available to watch on Tubi. And... It is, yeah. It looks like if you just watch 13 through 22 from Season 2, you're gonna hit all the 1990 episodes. It doesn't look like there are any uh, crazy syndication discrepancies on this one, Uh, which actually makes some sense because uh, I did not know the show existed until very recently, so... (laughs) it shows you how long it lingered in syndication I knew it existed but I had never seen it before
0: <laughs> I, and I don't know like where it aired like what channels it was on I've like I I don't remember ever seeing it When I, I mean certainly I wouldn't have remembered this I was way too young anyway but it's yeah I, I don't know like what channels it aired on but, uh, it was, uh, you know, it, this was right at the beginning of, uh, or not right at the beginning. It was right in the middle of, of Freddy fever after the success of the first three nightmare on Elm street movies, the craze that was sweeping the
1: nation, Freddy it, it, fever.
0: It's so weird because it was like Freddy Krueger was all over the place. Like he had a, he had a 900 number. You could call in and listen to recordings of Freddy <laughs> it's so weird there were like costumes and dolls and action figures and there was so much merchandise and like it was wild and it's it's wild to think that like back then like back then Nightmare on Elm Street was like a small budget indie movie like that's kind of the the crazy thing about the origins of of that franchise is that it it really started yeah. off so small like, New Line, I don't think was anything when the first one came out.
1: I I mean, uh, among many things that it's about, the uh, terrific uh, movie that we've discussed on this podcast, mm-hmm. a New Nightmare, seems to be about experiencing that bizarre
0: mm-hmm. dissonance
1: yeah. of what this franchise became in 10 years. Yeah,
0: very much so. I mean, there was that one, um, that one scene where it was like a talk show, and there were all the... Yeah. Like, the Nightmare fanatics there that were all dressed up as Freddy Krueger and stuff. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of the series as a whole. Uh my my dog's name is Freddy Krueger, so <laughs> uh yeah, I I am a I am a fan. However, this uh this TV series is a whole other thing. Like uh I don't know if I would even Include this in the conversation, which is interesting. Yeah. I will say, and I, we're going to get into the nineties the episodes in just a second, but I will say that the pilot episode was that one probably is worth watching. If you're a fan of the series, because it's a prequel to the first movie. So that one is kind of different than the others. The others, um, Freddie does have some episodes, But for the most part, he's like the Crypt Keeper where he shows up at the beginning and does a little, you know, quippy intro thing. And then he shows up like halfway through and then at the end. But there were a few few episodes, maybe like eight or ten throughout the two seasons that actually Mm -hmm. did feature Freddy Krueger in the story.
1: And Yeah. uh, (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say because otherwise... Uh it's it's pretty terrific to be Robert England and do the show because you uh technically get credited for every episode even though you're just doing like um, 10 second yeah. bumpers in between segments and he probably could have shot all of this in one day.
0: <laughs> I think he did. I think that they did do like all of season 1 and all of season 2 like each each one of those they did in like separate or um you know all in one one shot. which makes sense on multiple levels. Of course, like you don't have to do the makeup a lot. I mean, but the thing about the show is that it's so dreadfully written that, that doesn't work on really any level. Um, And apparently the budget for this was next to nothing. And, and that really, that really shows, I will say. Yeah. And uh. I I actually watched quite a few episodes of this beyond what we are going to be covering on this, this episode, just because I was curious to see if, like, maybe we got a bad batch, you know? Like, maybe the second half of the second season, they were just fizzling out, and maybe the first season was better. So, like, I watched the first, like, four episodes, and then I'm like, ah, well maybe maybe it just took them a little bit to to get their stride you know so then i watched the the back half of the of the first season and i'm like yeah well maybe maybe the second season the beginning of the second season i didn't watch the whole series but i did watch a lot of the episodes
1: including it turns out that like 208 is just a masterpiece but it took them that long and then they immediately just fell apart afterwards
0: here's a quick spoiler for this uh this whole episode is that there are no good episodes of this show. There are (laughs) none, (laughs) not a single one that I saw was any good. And even when there was, there were a couple that the beginning, I'm like, okay, all right. You got something to say with this one. They would screw it up by the second half and ruin the whole, whatever kind of momentum they, they started to build up.
1: Because here's a fascinating thing about this show. Um, Every episode is an hour, but they're sort of bifurcated, except it's not two separate stories. It's two kind of adjacent storylines that just happen to involve the same characters on the same sets.
0: It's so bizarre. And it's jarring if you don't know that that's how the show is going into it, because... When you first start watching it, you're just like, oh, that's kind of... Did they, like, run out of ideas for this one? That they just had to, like, deviate into, like, a whole other thing? Because it felt like, you know, every time you hit that halfway mark, it feels like it's over. The, The episode should be over. But then they keep going, and the second half is always far worse than the first half. So it it all every time every episode you watch it just feels like the whole second half is just filler and they're they're just struggling to get into that hour time slot which is it's just a very bizarre format that doesn't work in the slightest
1: bit my guess was that they were trying to also create half hour versions for further syndication but even if they were i it doesn't actually make sense to just watch the second half of one because they make these vague efforts to try and reintroduce it, but I don't think it would work then again at the same time, I don't know how much more sense this show could make, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing is like if they were two separate
0: episodes, like two separate stories it would it would be a little it it'd be a little bit more cohesive but the fact that there's like these kind of tertiary connections these like really loose connections like like there's one episode where like the 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 character in the first story dies and then the second story is like these other people who are moving
1: into his apartment and yeah, that that was the one that's just pure and this you, was yeah
0: you think it, it, that one is such a wildly different, like the themes are different. Like everything is so different. Literally. It's just, they're just using the same set and that's it. Mm-hmm. And you would think, cause the whole time you're like, how how are these connected? Is he going to come back as a ghost <laughs> or like what? Because also in that, that episode, there's a, like the, one of the characters, she like di- disappears. She like goes off with mon- his money or whatever. Um And you think that, like, that's maybe she's going to come back. And then you realize, like, oh, no, it's the second half. This is a completely different story about these two friends who are moving in. And then this one character from the first, th- this like nobody character from the first story is now manipulating these two women. But it's just, it's so, it's so bad. It's just so. It's a, it's a shameless cash grab. Nobody seemed to put any effort into it at all. Like it's not scary. I don't don't know if it's trying to be, but it's, it's not. Every story is the exact same. Like, I honestly (laughs) feel like that. They just took like a blueprint, like a template and just changed some names and just changed the, the man's job I don't know yes. how many of these episodes, and, and there were like a few that we're not going to talk about where it involved like a guy who was married, but he was back in school getting his graduate's degree, and he's just trying to get his wife off his back. He's just trying to study, man, and his wife just keeps nagging at him. It, that, like that's such a
1: it, it comes up so often in this show. it's It's ridiculous. Yeah it's I I don't know if that came up a ton just in this bulk of 10 but it definitely it it yeah it, there's the the show could be broken down as something bad happens but it's a dream something else bad happens <laughs> yeah it is a dream a third bad thing happens it wasn't a dream <laughs> the entire show is essentially based
0: around one of the worst tropes that's in movies and TV and that's the false, like the false, uh, scene where you think that it's a real, but it's a dream. Like it, it's, and it's it, sort of, <laughs> it happens like at least three or four times in each
1: episode, maybe even more. It It's sort of like if you told somebody that, nightmare on elm street is a movie is a horror movie where dreams are heavily featured as a theme and then you just told them write a tv show based on this idea and didn't give them any more information and didn't let them watch it and this is what they'd imagine you they were supposed to do
0: it is so horrendous like imagine imagine if you will if you've never seen this show you know in, in any movie that you see or tv show when a scene happens and it's a dream, it's always a letdown because you you waste your time. You it, it's and oftentimes it's like a shocking revelation or something, and and the the character wakes up and oh, it's just a dream. Just imagine that every episode of a TV show multiple times. five times an episode, six, seven times. They just do it over and over again. Rapid fire. It's never reality in this show. And you know what? Like if it was never reality, that wouldn't be that bad of a thing if they like really leaned into it, but it's always the most stupid dream where after a couple episodes, you just assume that everything's a dream because the non dream sections are just really boring and nothing really happens in them except a, a dumbed, like a watered down version of whatever the person dreamed. So, yeah. So not only is each episode dreadful, but the dreams give away, usually give away the ending, which turns out to not be anywhere close to as interesting as what happens in the dream to begin with. Not at all. So it's just an—it's just the uh, the worst, most frustrating experience. And when you're rapid firing these episodes, when you're trying to cram in like <laughs> ten, ten or more of these episodes over the course of a few days, uh, it is just an incredibly frustrating
1: endeavor. Like I, I don't know why I tried to quantify exactly how many times that one yeah uh, that one that one trope that th- that you mentioned a while back uh came up and i don't know why i tried to say exactly how many times i thought it came up because i could not tell a single episode apart in this sets set. <laughs> no they're they're all pretty, I was just, pretty much the same like i i was just staring at the screen by the time i got to episode 7 or 8 of this like uh, i i i was not I was just letting it happen to me. <laughs> I was not an active viewer. <laughs> uh, well, I did. I I knew
0: that I was going to be feeling the same way. So I did take some notes on each of these episodes. So we can go through them, talk about them, and may, maybe discuss. I'm sure it'll come up as we go through them uh, as to, like, kind of the the general themes of this show and sort of the patterns that... that we see emerge very quickly as we go through it. So the first episode that we're going to be looking at is season two, episode 13, what you don't know can kill you. And this is about a hypnotist where actually, I mean, we kind of hit the ground running with this, with this show because right off the bat, you have this hypnotherapist who. Is sexually assaulting his patients, and right away it, it kind of let me know, like, okay, this was a syndicated TV show in the '80s and 1990. Like, th- this was kind of pushing boundaries, I think, for the for the time. It,
1: it's definitely it. Th- this show we were talking about its ability to as a work of horror fiction. It is not scary. It is probably more explicitly violent and aggressive than you would immediately guess for a syndicated TV show airing at this point in time.
0: Yeah, and apparently it was... It was mostly aired at, like, four in the afternoon. It was, like, four and six in the afternoon, which is even crazier.
1: Yeah, because clearly what the point of this show is is not to be seen, but (laughs) if you're, say... Okay, so what's going on in in American television at 1988, 1989, 1990? This is like the Fox network has just emerged and they're trying to get like independent stations to become Fox networks. And basically, they only broadcast yours a programming week and then affiliates have to fill the rest of it. This is like you're a new Fox affiliate in 1990 and you need something (laughs) to fill the late night slot after the news. What do you have? Right, right. That's what this is meant to be.
0: And and I think we, that we'd also be remiss if we didn't look at the 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 parallels between this and Tales from the Crypt, which this was clearly ripping off, and they 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 just couldn't they just didn't understand. I feel like they didn't really understand Tales from the Crypt and what made that show good. Now it is to be it should be noted that Tales from the Crypt was on HBO, so they were able to get away with a lot more. While I think this show does push boundaries. I don't think that, I mean, when you see it, it still feels very much like, okay, this was probably, you know, the X-Files was, was still probably a little bit worse as far Mm -hmm. as the horror elements or the violence. The, the thing that this really kind of pushed was like sexual stuff, which I guess we can we'll get into as we go through these episodes, but like the the amount of exploitation in this show was like out of control <laughs> like it
1: was yeah, this
0: was just like straight up exploitation mm. and uh it it i mean it was awful but anyway this this first episode we're gonna be discussing this this hypnotherapist assaulting his patients uh, another one of the the doctors finds out that he. He really catches he catches him in the act and he doesn't do anything about it he call he calls him a rapist he's like you're a rapist and but then he proceeds to not do anything about it
1: and then I mean, quite quite regrettably often how this goes
0: yeah and then uh after freddy's dumb little intro we have this a scene in a, in a hotel, two people, they're having an affair, and the guy is randomly eating a jawbreaker in the bed for some reason. And then uh, she, she tells the guy that she can't see him anymore if he keeps smoking. So he goes to see this hypnotherapist. The guy hypnotizes him into uh killing the woman that he assaulted so that i guess to keep her quiet because i guess she started to remember what he did and then and then he i guess decides that okay this isn't like clean enough or whatever so the doctor hypnotizes him again to kill the other doctor But it turns out that this guy is dyslexic, and he gets the door numbers wrong and ends up killing the hypnotherapist, and then the guy's girlfriend, when she finds out that that he killed this doctor, she gives him plastic surgery because, oh yeah, she's a plastic surgeon, I guess. And she gives him plastic surgery so that the cops don't recognize him. But it turns out that she made him look like a hitman for the mob who happens to be staying in the same hotel room as this guy, as he's recovering, staying directly across the room.
1: This becomes a mob <laughs> m- movie, sort of. It's not even horror fiction anymore.
0: And what I just described is, like, every episode where yeah. it it feels like it's a parody. The amount of ridiculous soap opera twists that occur is, I mean, it makes your head spin. Like, oh, he hypnotized him. Like, oh, she's she completely changed him with plastic surgery. Oh, now, now he's a mob. Hit me. Looks like a mob hit man. It's it's wild. It is just it's wild, but it's it's so bad and it's 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 so poorly shot too. It looks
1: it looks like a soap opera actually. It, it was quite clearly shot on like primitively filmized videotape. Yeah, it's it's
0: rough and it's got like there's a lot of that kind of like soft lighting and mm.
1: Ugh. So you, that you. So yeah, I'm just imagining turning on you uh, your I don't know your community in random mid sized media market in 1990 at apparently 4:30 in the afternoon (laughs) Uh, for your the new Fox television network's local station in your area, and you just get this.
0: (laughs) Can you imagine? Like, what are you like, supposed to do? <laughs> like, do you, do you think there are like fans of the show that would like call people up and be like, yo, are you going to watch Freddy's Nightmares this afternoon?
1: <laughs> like, I do not believe those people exist. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> I truly do not.
0: <laughs> so the next episode is Easy Come, Easy Go. This one also features an insane amount of t- <laughs> crazy twists where it's this woman <laughs> who... Wins the lottery and kills her husband, and then, like this, the 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 groundskeeper or something sees her kill her husband, and then blacks blackmails her into to marrying him, and then her ex husband's twin brother (laughs) shows up, and he she kills him, and this is where. So, being that this was just the second episode that I watched, this is where the dream sequences start to really... This is when I discovered, like, oh, okay, so it's going to be like this. And it's just... I started to get really annoyed with the amount of dream sequences because there's just... There were so many in this one. Mm-hmm. And not only that, so... Okay, so she kills... She killed her husband. The 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 ex... The ex-husband shows up or sorry the the her hus- ex-husband's brother twin brother shows up she kills him then she kills her current husband the guy who's blackmailing her she kills him by accident well she she was like gonna kill him and then she wanted then she decided not to but then he died anyway cuz he drank this poison then her sister shows up with her new husband who happens to be the, the main woman's ex boyfriend who she blinded at one point when he tried to assault her and then these two I, I, like i guess his plan is to like get get back at her or something and she tells them that like her her husband is went on vacation and that she's going to be going there tomorrow or whatever. So they can't stay. And there's this one scene where the guy comes in and he's like, I called the airline. They never heard of a Eugene. And I'm like, what? He just called the airline and they're like, yeah, we we never heard of a Eugene. <laughs> that's, a, that's just what they say when they answer the phone. <laughs> like, what? What? So then of course like everybody gets everybody gets killed in this, and it turns out that like her sister's a like a serial killer too, and her, her sister ends up killing her. It's uh this one's pretty bonkers too. And it features a a really insane there's a room in her house, this lady's house, that's entirely white. Everything is pure white in this room. Yes. Feels very uh feels like a very 80s room yes it does <laughs> so yeah this one is absolutely horrible and and i'm sure that you're already starting to see some patterns emerge regarding the uh relationships that are on display with this one uh with this mm-hmm. show
1: and that's gonna this continue we'll just we'll just say that this is a show where for the episodes that we looked at every single episode from out of these t- 10 episodes uh there were exactly zero women credited as writers and only one woman credited as a director and you can tell this show actively hates women i think oh it is
0: so every episode almost, i mean all of the episodes that i've seen granted there've been like there's maybe like 6 or 8 episodes that i didn't see Every one of them involves, like, I would say, every one of them has the woman be the bad guy. Like, it's insane how this movie treats its women characters. It's yes. wild. Like, whoever's writing this, they just despised. Like, they something happened in in their lives that, like,
1: they were they were wronged. But man, they really really hate. the female gender in a given scene of freddy's nightmares if it is not being actively misogynistic towards uh the women on screen it's because there are no women on screen in that particular moment so keep that in mind
0: keep that in mind as i go through these next ones and you'll you'll very easily see this pattern so the next the next one is uh called Hunter or I'm not called that. It's called prime cut and it involves these, these hunters that are going out during a a camping trip. And they have this, uh, a female tracker as the synopsis says here, female tracker. Coincidentally, her name is tracker, which is makes for a, a confusing first few minutes of the show when they're calling her, tracker and i'm like okay wait, wait is she a tracker or is she, her name tracker yeah, or is that's she just a tra- the level
1: of subtlety we're working yeah. with here or
0: is she a tracker whose name is tracker and also what is she tracking <laughs> and so yeah they're going out on a hunting trip so i guess they're tracking i don't know big game or some nonsense uh but anyway uh the the guy one of the three guys first of all All three of these guys are like all over this woman, nonstop, just hitting on her, drooling all over her, losing their minds over this woman. And then the one guy starts to believe that she's a vampire. Like he he thinks she's, she's probably a vampire. And at one point, the guy, one of the guys gets, gets a wound and The other guy goes, here's some antiseptic. And the woman uh, tracker, she goes, don't need it. Best thing for a wound is saliva. And she just starts like licking on his wound. And uh, it turns out that all of it was a dream. So this one, basically the first half of the show was a dream. And then the second, the second half is when the guy wakes up and it turns out that he was in a plane crash and he and the the woman the woman was the pilot of the plane that crashed and they're stuck in this ravine and they're forced to eat the two the two other
1: friends who perished in the in the crash and then I don't really I don't really remember this episode because they do another episode about these same characters, yeah. and it's even wild. That one's even
0: crazier. Holy! I cow.
1: really did not know what I was looking at. Yeah, which almost makes me want to recommend it. That one was nuts.
0: Yeah. This, so essentially, how this one turns out? So, so the guy's fiance finds them, and she ends up getting trapped in the ravine too. Because, up, oh, guess what? There's a serial killer on the loose and he killed the guy who was coming to rescue them. And then they end up killing the serial killer and eating him. And then all three of them turn into cannibals. And that's where the show ends. <laughs> they get rescued and they're just cannibals now.
1: And that's that's that. Yes. Don't worry. We'll come back to it.
0: <laughs> the next one is called Interior Loft. This is the one that we had Talked about previously that. Uh... Oh, wait, is that no? The, the this one was. Um... Wait, I'm 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 confused now, because the, the two of the, these two episodes are.
1: No, this I think the one we were talking about is the second one that is just set in the oh, same location. Yeah, yeah. Okay,
0: yes. <laughs> this one, I, man.
1: This, this one, this one isn't a particularly like meta version of what the show is about because it's four stories with two sets of characters that are all set in the exact same place (laughs) and are basically about the same thing.
0: Yeah. This, uh, so this one is about, uh, a, a woman who is trying to become a, a writer and she's like trying to seduce her husband, but he's not having it because he's in class or whatever. And he's like trying to study or I don't know, some, some stuff. And so she calls him from he's upstairs. She's downstairs. She calls him. And then she like, I guess like tries to do some like phone sex type stuff. And he gets all hot and bothered by that. And then suggests that she make a a 900 number. And so she does. And they, they start making a bunch of money, but then they find out that, there's a, a an obsessed caller who starts killing people based on what she said in the recording and then it turns out that like uh it, it was a cop and yeah. and uh but but i guess he was a was he really a cop i like they never i don't know if they ever really said
1: I think I think you're meant to believe that much, but it's just so poorly set up because it's like a guy who comes on screen and the way he's introduced the second he appears on screen. It's like, oh, yeah, here's the guy.
0: Yeah, well, they didn't they didn't like bother changing his voice or anything. So you hear him on the phone and it's Mm -hmm. clearly the cop's voice. Like it's Mm -hmm. it's not even a question. But I was also wondering, like, was there even a killer? Because it's they're, they're just going by the word of that cop. Who is the actual
1: pervert? Person. That's a fascinating possibility.
0: So there might not there might not have been a killer, and it was just him trying to I don't know. Be a sexual deviant, according to the
1: synopsis it, here. It's... Anyway, yeah. So, so this episode's bad, and it gets if not, it, it, I don't know if it gets worse, but as these all do. It's more pertinent to say it gets weirder and almost never in an actually entertaining way.
0: I like that uh, this... So, this episode's called Interior Loft. The next episode is called Interior Loft Later. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the one that
1: yes. we we're talking
0: about. That that one, the the first part, is about this guy who... Is he's an artist, and then he's not. I guess not happy with the horrible, dumb sculptures that he's making that look like paper mache. friggin stuff. Can't stuff. Stuff I, stuff I made in elementary school. <laughs> and um, he finds out that, like, oh, when when artists die or whatever, they uh, th- their their work just it goes through the roof, and. So his wife or girlfriend accidentally kills this guy. And then he's like, okay, well, we can use this as like an excuse. So they burn the guy's car or they burn the artist's car and they fake his death, basically. And he starts making a lot of money because everybody thinks he's dead. But then he... He can't go out because he might be seen, and he starts to go crazy, thinking that his wife is cheating on him. And uh, it turns out she was cheating on him with, like his, this art collector or this art dealer, and they uh, they kill him. I can't remember. I think they kill him and then just leave with the money that he made.
1: That's possible.
0: And then this, and then the second half is the one where it's like these two friends moving in and this guy art manipulates both of them into thinking that like he, like he Taylor makes this like sob story or whatever to make them like him. So he can sleep with both of them as if he somehow, if they weren't going to talk about it, he tells both each of them completely different stories about his life as if they weren't friends and don't talk to each other. Uh, but then, like, because he made up all these lies and stuff, there's a scene where like a uh, there's like a home invasion or something that happens and they kill him by accident. It's y- it's yeah. it's horrible.
1: It's, it's but this is bad. It's it's <laughs> it's very just... very bad. It's it's like yeah. It's 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 like I don't know. And strangely. Uh, the episode's trying to infer that the two women are being somehow unreasonable by not believing him when he says that he's actually, his life is currently in danger. It's like, no, that's a completely reasonable skepticism to have right. with this guy, this horrible man who just dropped into your life one day and refuses to leave it. And it's like, yeah, it, you can see you can see some certain problems that the show has in the way it handles this plot.
0: Yeah, I mean all all of the women in this this episode and most episodes are just objects. They're just it's it's so atrocious how they treat any woman character in this show and
1: it's and like I said, if it's not it's just because they didn't bother to think that women could exist in a, in the show for a moment. Yeah.
0: The next episode's called Fun House. It's a uh, a couple, they move into a, a house. And by the way, all of this takes place in the same town. So it's all, everything takes place in Springwood, where the Nightmare on Elm Street takes place. So
1: every- that's the one That's the one thread between the Freddy segments that makes you, that, that, that gives it its continual claim to be part of the Nightmare on Elm Street <laughs> yeah. uh, u- universe, is that they'll drop a couple Springwoods per show
0: yeah it's uh and there's so many episodes involving people moving into the town and then bad things happening
1: to those people like that's yeah there's so many episodes yeah well you have to move them in so you can keep mentioning like i said (laughs) so they can keep mentioning requisite per episode well now that we live here in springwood
0: yeah uh so you this episode involves uh, a couple they move into this old house that's like supposed to be haunted or whatever Uh, and then they find out that there's like all these like trap doors and stuff. And it turns out that it's like the, the woman's, uh, the woman's ex husband or boyfriend who was the brother of the guy, her, her husband, I think I, I don't actually, I don't know if they were brothers or not. I feel like everybody like almost every episode involves, uh, a cheating couple. Yeah. And oftentimes it's like a, a family member for some reason. It's like doing the, uh, the, that's doing the adultering. So it's, yeah, I can't remember if this is one of them. Lots of erotic sax music in this episode, which is another kind of through line that we have here. There's every episode. I think, I think it's like a requirement that every episode have a ridiculously uh pasted in sex scene that involves some erotic sax music. This one basically this this episode plays out like a softcore porn. Yeah,
1: uh, this is the one that asked what if we just had those scenes instead? Yeah, like <laughs>
0: like there there's like the the moving guy, the the, the mover who is trying to seduce the the, the, the wife and up oh, turns out that she's evil just like in every other episode and the 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 husband gets killed and then the guy who's like her ex who she was trying to get with again I guess uh she dies I can't remember how and then or no she she died I think with the bed spikes I think everybody dies with the bed spikes because it turns out there's w- w- one of the traps in this house is like the bed folds up like a Murphy bed, but there's like spikes in it. Now why that exists? I don't know. Like, I don't know why you would build that in your house, but that's the, that's in there. And then the guy, I guess just lives in the house. Like he just lives in the walls of the house moving forward. Yeah. And, and then the second half is another couple that move into the house, and I, like basically the same thing happens i can I can't remember bed exactly spikes. how that yeah <laughs> spikes. what
1: you need to know about the second half of the episode is there's more <laughs> bed spikes
0: yeah i can't I can't remember how that even plays out. I might be getting the first two halves mixed up. I don't even know no,
1: there's definitely bed spikes in part two
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that's fun house. The next one is a family affair.
1: This is uh, the closest the show gets to doing an episode with a coherent plot line. Yeah, uh, and even still. Even still there's
0: there's cheating in this and the reason like the the everything happens because the this guy cheats on his wife. So you have this this kid who's like he's a big basketball star, he's I also f- think that it's the only episode that features people of color. So props to them for having one episode that the
1: last one the last one the, there is a uh we'll get, we'll get to the last one that's the only other episode oh yeah <laughs> that right. is I, not for, I forgot i forgot about that completely you know just extremely white yeah i forgot about
0: the last one anyway uh so the son is—he's like a basketball star. He gets these like great scholarships to colleges, so he's just trying to decide if he wants to stay in Springwood and go to like Springwood U or um,
1: uh, being sorry. I mm-hmm. just point out the son being played by Morris Chestnut in what appears to be his first oh yeah, yeah. credit yeah. And um, the
0: the dad is cheating on his wife, but he doesn't want to leave his wife. And, and get a divorce because he doesn't want to break up the family before the kid goes off to college. So he's waiting for his son to leave for college. And then he was going to divorce his wife and run off with uh, this woman. But it turns out that he, the kid decides to stay in Springwood. So the guy's like, okay, well we can't do this because she's like getting a little, she's starting to get a little clingy. And uh, so he leave, for college or he doesn't want to leave for college so he he breaks up the guy breaks up with the woman and then the woman goes nuts and kills the mom this causes the son to become a drug addict and then the son dies because of of this Mm -hmm. i i did write a note here uh slightly more coherent than the others
1: (laughs) yes uh, yes, it, because it's it's almost like someone, it's almost like th- this is an episode written by someone who reread a bunch of, like, the classic, uh, tragedy plays and was like, I'm gonna write one of these for Freddy's Nightmares about, <laughs> you know, someone's life collapsing because they are, uh, be- because of their one flaw. Like, the whole through line with this character, with, with, with the father and the, the husband, is, um, that he's just, uh... that that he's not an honest person like he cheats on his wife he cheats on he cheats when he plays cards which comes back Mm -hmm. at the end of the episode uh no this is not a good episode it is not as terrible as the other ones yeah that does not that is not to say it's a good hour of television that's to say that it is a not the worst one right i mean it's better than
0: funhouse like it's it's better than than that episode
1: it, it would have to try pretty hard to be worse yeah
0: so, I mean, of the batch, this one's probably the I don't even want to say best. Like using it, using it as best is, yeah, that's not. Anyway, the next episode's called Dust to Dust. This is the one that's a a continuation of the Prime Cut episode where you have the the same three characters, the cannibals, and they're in a Support group. They run a support group that is like recovering cannibals or whatever. And there's like a lot of people in this support group, which was kind of surprising.
1: That, well, maybe it's just a Springwood thing.
0: (laughs) This one, I think, is probably the worst. It's the worst yet wildest one, I think, because this one just it starts off the rails and then it just continues to go further off the rails. You have, so they're they in this cannibal recovering cannibal thing. They, they have their latest meeting. This guy breaks into the trailer that they're in and tries to kill them. They kill the guy. They eat the guy. So they relapse and they eat the guy and it turns out that this guy was an astronaut who had an alien virus in him and Mm -hmm. this alien virus basically just makes you go into convulsions and then quote movies and TV shows and then turn into dust so the bulk of the episode is them in this like Planet of the Apes style like prison. It looks so ridiculous. It looks like it's from a 60s sci-fi movie even though you know this came out in 1990. Yeah. And they're also, like <laughs> go ahead.
1: Also Tony Dow isn't in, is, is in these episodes.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: And so
0: <laughs> they're uh it, t- Tony Dow, yeah. He's the he's one of the plane crash victims and one of the cannibals and al- also like uh Sandal Bergman is one of the one of the women, and I like I like her a lot. But, but that, yeah, I don't know why she was in this. But anyway, they they still managed to to squeeze in some non non uh, completely unneeded sex scenes too, where the guys like they're basically in a throuple, and. uh yeah, they just they turn to dust, and then she, the the one uh, Sandel Bergman's character, just she, she sort of makes it to the end, but then guess what? Like, if you get turned on or whatever, that it activates the virus, and then she gets turned on by the one scientist and <laughs> turns to dust.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, this is uh, yeah.
0: This one's horrific. Uh, Like, it's just, it's not, it's not even trying to be, like, some of the other ones try to be scary, at least. This one just tries to be goofy and funny, but it's,
1: like, not. It just doesn't, doesn't work. Yeah, what's strange about it is that every, if if you watch all of these episodes in a short time span, you see there was no coherent vision for what the show was supposed to be like. (laughs) Like, like, like. Oh, yeah. Uh. The one before this, A Family Affair, is, you know, pretty much, it. it it's obviously an episode of Freddy's Nightmare, so there is a, uh, an element of ridiculous, you know, exaggerated horror to it, but it, it tries to remain relatively grounded in, like, the, like, as a character drama to whatever extent it can. This one just has moments where, it's like, it's supposed to, like, there's dialogue in this episode that's just, like, screwball comedy dialogue. yeah. And not well done screwball comedy dialogue, but it's trying.
0: Yeah, it's it's crazy. Uh, I In the Nightmare on Elm Street documentary, the uh, Never Sleep Again documentary that goes through like every every movie in, in great details. The four hour documentary. They There's a whole section on this show. And and? <laughs> and they talk about they talk about how like this show was just such a such a uh, poorly thrown together thing where like they had no plans for anything like anybody could write a script like they're just they were just basically just pooping this thing out for money like nobody cared I
1: I feel like I need a deep dive specifically into this show
0: (laughs) yeah you can watch just that one that one segment I watched it because like I saw that documentary before but I couldn't remember like what they said about the show and it was it's a very truncated section of the movie no no no
1: I need four hours specifically on the creation and production of this show
0: yeah but there is some good there is some like kind of behind the scenes stuff that you get to see some like footage and stuff I, I,
1: I think I, I I will I will look for that but I think four hours specifically on, on the show to try and explain it is the least that we're owed for watching this
0: one yeah one thing I think that they do mention I can't remember who who said it but like they were talking about how like no none of the episodes made any sense and it was just it was all just a just a giant mess they
1: were not exaggerating no no it's
0: <laughs> i mean it like i feel like high schoolers could write better tv than this i mean th- it's just it's so bad like unbelievably this, bad
1: i mean they all have the energy of like uh, you are a writer they're going to put you in a room and by lunchtime, they expect you to have an hour-long script done. I
0: was going to say something to that effect, where everything feels so rushed in this. And I th- I believe that they do mention that in the documentary, that, like, they were on such crazy time crunches for these, where they just, like, they just needed scripts. They, like, they just needed pages. Just yeah, constantly. It,
1: is, the, yeah, it's definitely got the vibe of, uh, good morning, right write a one-hour script uh, by lunchtime, and then we are going to shoot it after lunch.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it is very much like a soap opera. Each episode yeah. is like its own standalone little soap opera that's just 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 as bad as a soap opera, too. So, the next episode, which is episode 21 of season 2, is Prisoner of Love. This is a... Uh, about a pr- this is a women in prison film basically that this this seems to have been inspired by the women in prison movies of the 70s 60s and 70s and it involves a woman who is on death row and she's about to be executed the priest comes and gives her her last rites and she seduces the priest also she was in prison for she was in a gang and she killed a child. And that's why she was on death row. But when you see this woman, it was was so miscast. Like this, this actor does was, didn't seem to be portraying a, uh, a murderer in the slightest bit, but uh, I digress. She successfully seduces the priest and, they hatch a plan to, it's sort of like a Romeo and Juliet situation here where he gives her this like medicine, this this concoction that she drinks it it makes her seem like she's dead and then he was gonna like uh, um, dig her up or whatever, but he gets assaulted by another prisoner and he ends up waking up like three days later and she's she's dead Ah, this episode's ridiculous to every every episode just feels like a male fantasy Mm -hmm. every woman on the show exists only to seduce every man they see because that's exactly what happens every woman seduces every man
1: and they have absolutely no individual autonomy of their own, with one possible exemption that we will get to. I. The more time goes on, the more I am fascinated by half of the last episode. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, this. Uh, so this episode. Um, so after he fails with that woman and she ends up dead, the person who the other inmate who was on death row base seduces him again and like tells him like hey you know it's gonna work with me because I'm not gonna knock you out so let's let's go ahead and do it and uh she uh, do they I can't even remember she, she gets she she wakes up right but I think she wakes up but like um he the priest goes nuts and like kills her or something I, see the the problem with the show is like i'm I'm getting the dream sequences mixed up
1: with yeah. the the reality sequences i'm I'm worried I'm worried that 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 might be somehow taken as a compliment on the show's part, yeah, but it's definitely not
0: no uh either way, this one is just as is as sexist and atrocious as the other ones, like if you want to see you know, some cheesy exploitation, just watch any of those, you know, Pam Greer women in prison movies from the sixties and seventies. Cause they're way more entertaining than, than this, uh, this dreck. And then the final episode is another prison one. And it's about a guy who is, he's, he's due for parole. He, uh, is he, he, is done serving his time, and then like, right before he gets paroled, um, so okay, he finds out that the guy who wants to kill him broke out of prison. So this guy like snitched on a mob guy or something and that that's how he's able to get his sentence reduced and he's getting paroled. finds out that the mob guy broke out of prison and is waiting for him on the outside to kill him. So he decides that he's not gonna accept this parole and he ends up killing the woman who paroles him. So I, I don't know what her, what her role is, but he kills her in order to stay in prison. But then it turns out that the mobster guy was caught anyway and then ends up in the same like cell as him. And then, uh,
1: this, then, and then the second half is, uh... This one <laughs> is just, like, the okay, so I think the first one is sort of interesting because it is about this, uh, this woman who's trying to, like... Who's like, hey, I know what's going on here, and we, we have to do something about not releasing this guy because he killed someone, and I know that because this person was my father. And it's like, this is the one, like, woman in this show that's sort of given any kind of, like, nuance and agency at all? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, this was This episode was not written by a woman, but I cannot help but notice it's the only one out of the ten we watched that was directed by a woman uh Anita Addison who, I, who I, um actually has quite an interesting uh career she was a pioneering uh television executive one of the first black women to be an executive at uh a major network and she was uh, a filmmaker who was involved, involved with like the LA rebellion movement so she's directs this episode and it's like it, it, like I can't it, like I can't imagine it's completely a coincidence that this is the one where there's like a woman in it who's not just written in like the most b- brash and crude possible way. Yeah. Or depicted that way. Uh then it's like I also in the fun fact this episode this last episode and I, I want to get back to it because we need to talk about the second half because the second half is wild. And it's a terrific way to end the show is um actually written by someone who also is notable for for reasons other than than being involved in this television program and it's David Zuckerman who went on uh to be a re- who you st- uh went on to write for uh Fresh Prince of Bel-Air went on to uh write for King of the Hill. He's, uh, he's the
0: creator of one of the creators yeah. of Family
1: Guy. Yeah, he's a co-creator of it's a, it's a developed by credit on Family Guy. Uh and he also did the American version of Wilfred which I have not seen but I remember when it was on. And then it doesn't look like he's done anything since. But if he's a developed, has a developed by credit on Family Guy, presumably, does that mean he's getting like residuals for every t- time any episode of Family Guy airs anywhere in the world? I imagine. Because obviously, then he doesn't have to ever work again. No, no, no he's <laughs> never going to have to work again. 401
0: <laughs> like, episodes of Family Guy. Yeah, he's not going to have to work again. And
1: so his name is on all of them because he's got that, like, created, developed credit. So anytime an episode of Family Guy airs anywhere in the world, presumably, he's getting paid for it. Yeah. Uh, it's, probably. It's kind of, I assume. I don't know. Is it, like, directing? I think, isn't it true? Like, if you direct the pilot of a TV show, like, the Director's Guild says that you helped create the look of the show... Therefore you get a residual of some kind for every subsequent episode. I mean, it makes, yeah.
0: Like that makes sense. Why? Like, yeah. you know, you have big name directors that do pilot yeah. episodes. Who do like
1: the pilot episode of one show. And I, and I presumably in the hope that it'll be one of those shows that runs for, you know, 400 episodes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that, that, this was not, this was not the point. This was just when I went on the Wikipedia article, uh, list of Freddy's Nightmares episodes, and scroll down to the last one. I saw both of the the people had the blue link, which meant they had articles, so I read about them.
0: Yeah, um, the second half of this episode is it's about the the warden of the the prison. He is starts using this like tr- uh, truth serum stuff, and he decides to inject. This guy the the guy who was um who was uh, about to get paroled he injects him with truth serum to find out where he he stashed this like money from like this heist or something but uh, but it goes it it all it all goes horribly
1: wrong for him fascinating episode uh in a strange way fascinating story maybe i'm just saying this because it's the last one i saw and i finished watching it uh, right before we recorded <laughs> uh, d- d- terrific end it ends with so the the warden is doing this because he's running for sheriff uh, and he wants to be able to say that he's tough on crime and he solved unsolved cases so he has this truth serum and he works with this yeah he forces this doctor in the prison to collude with him and as I was uh Implying earlier when we were talking about a family affair, the besides the family and a family affair, the counselor in part one of this episode and the doctor in part two of this episode are, I think, the only uh, some of the, some of the only non-white people in this entire show that exist, and uh, so. Th- uh, that's so. That's, that's what I was saying earlier because I remembered this episode because I just watched this episode, and so the 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 doctor uh, is sort of being forced slash threatened into colluding with the with the warden, but then he's able to get the warden to confess his crimes on air uh, because he gets a because the warden gets a live television interview, and uh, the doctor puts some of the truth serum in the glass of water that he gets on, on, on the program and then confesses it all on air and he does so by pretending to be the prisoner that he killed the doctor pretends to be the prisoner that got killed <laughs> yeah. and starts like uh, prompting him to confess by standing by sitting by like kneeling behind him out of out of camera view <laughs> so the warden hallucinates and thinks he's talking to the pr- it's great actually <laughs> Like, just that one scene is terrific. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, uh, Anita Addison. She actually died in 2004. May she rest in peace for creating one of the only interestingly shot moments in this entire show. Yeah, I mean, speaking
0: as someone who hasn't seen all of them, but most of them, uh, yeah, it's... there's, There's few... There's few episodes that have anything like notable and I do think that the the very final episode is is okay. That one's okay, I guess. I'd still say it's not great. Or even good, but it's definitely a a, a level above most everything else.
1: Yeah, I mean judging by the standard of these episodes, it's basically a masterpiece. <laughs> yeah. Uh
0: I did want to mention that I saw there was one episode that was pretty controversial called safe sex. And it was the final episode in the first season. And that one had, I believe eight minutes cut from it before it aired. So that one had like a ch- big chunk of it just excised because I guess it was deemed inappropriate by the FCC or something. And Which is- <laughs> I, so that episode, like it i was struggling to figure out what got cut because the Tubi version, I think is the full version. I mean, it's like 45 or 46 minutes. So I'm Mm -hmm. assuming that it's the full, the full length one. And I have no idea what, what would have been cut out of it. Like it's, it's weird. uh,
1: What I'm struggling to think of is how they would even go to air with a show that's supposed to fit an hour time slot. And if it's, eight minutes cut from 45 a 37 minute show <laughs> yeah i don't know like what did they just fill it up with commercials did they just insert eight minutes of establishing shots
0: i, I mean maybe they just like packed in more of those uh little interstitial like freddie moments because oh, you know, <laughs> like some episodes had like in addition to the the like little interludes that he does, There's like these little bumpers that they would put in, in between commercial breaks where it was like I mean, yeah. weird B roll. And like, sometimes it was just like weird still images.
1: Yeah. You know, what's actually great. Those, <laughs> those so someone should, and, <laughs> someone should. Yeah.
0: And uh, they would all always show that one where it was like the people like frozen. And it was like, what, I, I don't know if that's from another episode or what, but they would always show that same one, and it's like, why are you showing me these, like, frozen bodies? It has nothing to do with the episode. It's
1: but, yeah, so the ones weird. that are just Freddy Krueger posing, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah, those uh, are great. who Somebody needs to... Uh, well, I'm not going to say someone needs to, because then they'd have to watch this entire show, but it would be great if somebody would... If they really wanted to just... Uh, made a put a video on YouTube. It's just all of those cut together. <laughs> that would be a great video. Those are yeah. Those are just. And you got and they have to, you have to make sure if there was a video, it would be also be great if they could include the little synth riffs that go over them. Oh oh, we have, you have to you have to yeah. <laughs> so
0: overall, I think that Freddy's Nightmares is an absolute nightmare. No pun intended to to, to watch. Uh, I don't think that we will continue this series in a previous or in, in a future episode. Like, you know, some, sometimes if, like, like like X-Files, for instance, like I, I want to come back to X-Files and talk about more of that. This is one that we will never return to. I don't if
1: think. There, yes. Not only because they're terrible, but also because uh, these are the only ones that aired in the 1990s. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. So don't worry. There was a, You can't come back
0: to it. Coincidentally, this show aired the same, uh, at the same time as the Friday, the 13th, um, series. Was that, I want to see if that was just in the eighties or if that went nope. into the,
1: there were 1990 episodes. Oh, yep. There were, there were, there, <laughs> so, were, ten, there were exactly
0: 10. Oh, how about that? <laughs> I think actually I, I like this idea. I like the idea of comparing Friday, the 13th, the series with Freddie's nightmares, the series, that's because
1: a, that's a I, idea.
0: I, I don't know anything about Friday, the 13th, the series either, other than that it existed like that. I just was aware of it. I've never seen an episode. I'm assuming that it's the same as the other one where it's like, uh, a- a- anthology, but maybe not. I mean,
1: unfortunately I've just done a quick search on Tubi and it's not there <sighs> yeah well and if it's not on Tubi then it's not anywhere because if there's one place that show would be
0: is it uh, uh, I, we could only do it if it was uh, if it was uh, like an anthology
1: yeah it looks like it is so it, it lo- is it? I don't know now I'm looking and it sounds like there are main and su- it looks like there are main and supporting characters yeah I see listening.
0: that on the wiki on the wikipedia but it says here like most of the stories in the series deal with people using cursed objects for personal gain or revenge
1: maybe it's like there are some main characters but it's really just about like the guests of the week yeah maybe they're they're, maybe they're basically the 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 freddy uh bumper segments Oh, you know what the best Freddy title card is? It's the one where he's holding, like, the logo of the show, and it's, like, dissolving through his hands like sand. Oh. Uh,
0: there was... Wasn't there one It was, like, a... It was, like, a surfing one or something? I, I remember one involving water, and I, I remember liking that one. <laughs> uh, Yeah, it's... well, Yeah, we'll have to look into the Friday the 13th series and see if maybe that's something that we could... Uh, I think that that would be that would be interesting
1: I'm gonna well I found the contact us form on uh Tubi maybe we can ask for it
0: yeah I mean Paramount Paramount might be holding that like in their vault or something maybe it's on Paramount Plus they'd be keeping this from us (laughs) maybe (laughs) (laughs) that'd be funny I mean what else is on Paramount Plus they should put it on there
1: if it's not... What is Paramount Plus 4, if they not... Got, they, they got nothing. Deep catalog titles.
0: Uh, all right, anything else you want to add about uh, Freddy's Nightmares?
1: Not... Uh, I think that's about it. Yeah, I, I don't know what else to say about it.
0: It's, it's very bad, and it does not hold up. Yeah, that's
1: about all I've got to say. The last episode is kind of interesting. It's sort of interestingly directed, then there's the one other episode that's kind of coherent as a story. Uh, but the rest of it is garbage and almost never in an entertaining way.
0: Yeah. And it would it's the type of show that would just never it just doesn't hold up for no, for 2022 or uh, 2023. It doesn't it doesn't hold up for Freaking two thousand, like no. no. Anyway,
1: it's like yeah. You look at this and you're like, yes, the the this was a while ago, wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah.
0: I mean, oh god, it's just you know I was thinking like it. Just there's certain things that like you just you would never see on TV anymore, and then there's certain things that uh, that people get away with on tv now that you would just never see back then like there's there's a the amount of of graphic sex and violence is more acceptable now but then there's certain like kind of social things that that were said and how people acted back then that you would just never see on tv now
1: yeah yeah
0: All right, well, I think that that's going to be it for this month. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can send us your 90s memories to 90s at filmpulse.net or by DMing us on Facebook or Twitter at 90sPod. If you have a moment, consider reviewing us on iTunes. That'd be great. Until next month, for Ken Bakley, my name's Adam Patterson. This has been Saved by the 90s.
1: Bye, everyone.